on Christmas Day. Who else was born on Christmas Day? Juanita, stand up. Anand, stand up. Anybody else born on Christmas Day? Anybody born on Christmas Eve? Uh, if you were born on um, New Year's Eve, I know you're close to New Year's Eve, aren't you? Huh? Uh-huh. The 11th, okay. Uh, I thought you were closer than that. All right, so anyways, we want to sing happy birthday to Anon. Come on, Juanita, stand up. Not, no reason to be ashamed after all these years, huh? <laughs> yeah, let's sing happy birthday to Jesus, and then uh, we'll sing to them and say, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to dear Jesus. Happy birthday. Dear Jesus, happy birthday to now happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to you. Have God bless you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Blessings to you both on Christmas Day. So we're going to ask for Pastor Tim and Pastor Paula to come and share with us first. Let's welcome them all the way from Capitol Boulevard in Brentwood, in Jesus' name. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Looks so, thank you. Get my glasses on my eyes. Bless you. <laughs> uh, this is a little different service this morning with. Okay, excuse me. I'm going to start by um, uh, just welcoming you again and saying good morning, Merry Christmas, and we love you all. But uh, Tim and I like to listen to Dutch Sheets. He's a, he's a pastor, uh, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, and he and he's on TV, and we watch him on YouTube. He has a weekly program called Give Him 15. It's really good. It's a devotional kind of uh, program, and we listen to him every day during the week. And I know many of you all know and listen to him, too. But Friday, he had a really interesting program in which he told the story behind the 12 days of Christmas. He says, though a host of modern Internet sites and some magazine articles have tried to reduce the 12 days of Christmas to a little more than a silly Christmas carol, most scholars of the Catholic Church deem it a very important surviving example of a time when that denomination used codes to disguise their teachings in order to avoid persecution. Originally a poem written by Catholic clerics, this song was transformed into a carol at a time when celebrating the 12 days of Christmas was one of the most important holiday customs. The complete explanation of why each day's gift code was chosen to represent the spiritual truth it pictures can be found through a link he has given in his written presentation. But here is what each gift represented. The partridge in a pear tree, 
represents Jesus. Two turtle doves represent the Old and New Testaments. Three French hens represent faith, hope, and love, and also the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The four calling birds are the four Gospels. The five golden rings present, represent the first five books of the Old Testament, known as the Torah, or the Pentateuch. Each egg of the six geese laying is a day in creation when God hatched or formed the world. Hidden in the seven swans of swimming are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. The eight maids of milking represent the eight beatitudes from Matthew 5, 3 through 10. Nine ladies dancing were the fruits of the Spirit. Ten lords leaping were code for the Ten Commandments. The eleven pipers piping signify the eleven faithful disciples. The twelve drummers drumming are the twelve points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. I just thought that that would be interesting. You know, uh, they used those codes to um, avoid a persecution. And um, Dutch also said his favorite Christmas song, O Holy Night, um, it's, it's one of mine also. And I was going to read the, the words, but we had such a beautiful rendition by Veronica. I won't do that. So just, just know you have already heard that. <laughs> so bless you all. Five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Good morning. By one minute. Yeah. You know, this is a season of celebration. We celebrate a past event on Christmas. The birth of our Savior, that is. The excitement begins to build long before Christmas Day. The key ingredient, I believe, in that excitement is expectation. We look forward to reunion with family, good food, and of course, the presence. Sometimes this expectation can be overwhelming. I like that voice. <laughs> a few years back, <clears throat> well, I won't tell you how many was few, but um, Paula and I um, dated all through high school. And I was one year ahead of her. And when, um, when I graduated, I went away to Massachusetts, of all places, for, for my first year of college 
and Paula finished her high school. I didn't get to come home from August to Christmas. So that was the four longest months of my life. She stayed in high school. I stayed in Massachusetts for four months. We didn't have cell phones then. We hardly had dial phones then. But we could write to each other, and that was, a, that was about the limit. But come Christmas time, talk about expectations. I had not seen her, now remember, in four months, and we had dated all through high school. And um, we lived in the mountains. And I got a ride with a couple of folks that lived a few miles away, and they brought me all the way from Massachusetts down to near, near my home. And when I got out of the car, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, black as could be. I had one bag with me. And at home, I had a border collie named Shag. And he was a, he was a good dog. And I remember that that morning, about 2 o'clock, when I got out of the car and they drove away, my expectation was to get in the bed as soon as I could. But I, I stood there for a minute, got my bearings, and the road goes up and over a slight hill and down to where our house was. And as I, as I started up through there, I heard this clickety-clickety-clickety. And just as, I, just as I got a fix on that noise, my dog left his feet and landed right here. He was wide open when he hit me. Now, how in the world that dog knew that I was coming home, I haven't the foggiest. Because nobody told him, but he knew when I got out of that car. And I just said, you know, he had some sort of expectation that I was coming home. And that expectation uh, was in my heart to see guess whom. Yeah. So um, we arranged. I called her up. We had phones at our houses. And um, I called her up and said, okay, uh, can, I, can I come? And, of course, she said yes. Well, she said yes. Um, so I drove up. She lives way up on the hill. I, I got out of the car, went in the house. She had two floors in the house, and the stairs come down right in the middle of the, of the, or not in the middle, but right on the side of the living room. My heart was going 190. And... Talk about expectation. I looked up, and there she stood at the top of the stairs. And she looked down the stairs and saw me and started down. The most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. Okay? No questions. She came on down the stairs, 
and I remember the that white um, cashmere sweater or whatever it was and baby blue skirt and her mother was the greatest tease you've ever seen and she was sitting over to the side watching this drama play out <laughs> and as Paula came down the stairs her mother says Tim ain't she pretty I said pretty don't even touch it mom that expectation welled up in my own heart, and it was fulfilled the moment I saw her at the top of the stairs. Now, this season, I would like for us to focus on not the first coming so much, but on the second coming of our Lord, because Jesus himself warned us in Matthew 24, 42, he said, watch, be alert, stay in a state of expectation that because no one knows the day or the hour that our Lord will come. So our hearts must be inclined to watch for him. Jesus said, lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. That expectation is what I encourage you today to hold in your hearts. Biblical prophecies are being fulfilled at a breathtaking pace right now. And may our prayer right now as we look around the world and around our homes, may our prayer today and through this Christmas season be, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> You know, the older I get, the more I feel the importance of family. And Pastor Tim and Paula addressed that. And, um, of course, for many of us, this Christmas may be the first without a family member. Or you may be um, estranged from a family member and want to connect, but they won't allow you to do that. But we're not going to let that interfere with our celebrating and enjoying this season. In the book of Luke, we read about the high priest, Zechariah, being told that he and his wife were going to have a child in their old age. And that child's name would be John. We also, in that same book, have a story about a young virgin woman who was visited by an angel and told that she was going to have a child. And that child would be called Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. I'm going to pick up in that same chapter at verse 39, and it said, after she was visited by the angel, Mary didn't waste a minute. 
she got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the, in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, it says in the scripture that the baby inside of Elizabeth leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly. You are blessed among women and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believe every word would come true. There are four things that happened in this encounter. First of all, the Holy Spirit was there. Secondly, Elizabeth spoke blessing over Mary. The third thing was Elizabeth shared how honored she was that Mary had come to her house. Elizabeth reminded Mary that she was blessed because of her faith in the Lord. I'd like to suggest to you today as you celebrate this Christmas holiday that we try the same things that happened then to have a better family Christmas. Because you know sometimes being with your family can be contentious, right? So invite the Holy Spirit to be part of your family Christmas. Say, Holy Spirit, you go first. Speak blessing over your family. Let your family know how much they mean to you. And fourth, share how God has been faithful to you this year. Amen. God bless you. Well, good morning, everybody. So I didn't know what to say or, you know, when Ina asked us to do this. So I've just been praying about it all week. And um, to me, Christmas, like my husband said, Christmas is not just a day. It should be every day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus because he celebrates us every day. He doesn't just come to us on Christmas and be like, okay, this is your chance to come into my kingdom. He's there for us every single day. So every day should be like Christmas. But when I think of Christmas, I think about my childhood memories and um, first I think about my grandma, who is now up in heaven, um, and she was so giving of herself. My grandmother gave of herself to everybody that she met, no matter where you were at or what you were doing, she would stop and give you whatever she could. She'd give you her shoes, the clothes off her back, whatever, she need, whatever you needed, she would make sure you got it. She um, was a nurse in World War II single nurse in World War II. She was at the Battle of the Bulge. She saw things that she would never even speak about. Um, but that's where she met my grandpa. They were both in the Army. They met over a tray of penicillin and in one of the uh, mass units. And um, together, they served the Lord unwavering. They would sacrifice stuff for their own family to give to other families. Um, but my grandpa died when I was one which was many years ago. Um, I, so I don't really know him, but I know that he's been watching over me all these years from heaven. And one day I will see him and he will recognize me and I will recognize him immediately. But 
so my grandma then was on her own for many years. She lived in retirement village. She would go and take care of everybody in the community. She'd go, lived in a town where she could walk to the post office, walk to the store, walk to the pharmacy, and she would walk and get everybody's groceries, get everybody's mails, get everybody's prescriptions. In the ice storm, she would strap these things on her, hooks on her shoes that they used to climb telephone poles so she could walk to town on the ice to take care of everybody. I looked up to her. She was my inspiration. I wanted to be like my grandma. That's why I'm in the medical field. And then my mom. My mom was more the compromise. She would compromise to make everybody happy. Okay. I have two brothers. They have families. Thanksgiving, holidays. They're in town. They go to the in-laws. They come back here. You know, it's mom's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm picking my battles. We're going to compromise. You tell me when you can come and we'll work it out. So she made sure everybody was able, she wanted everybody to participate, everybody to have something. She would even have extra gifts to give out if people came by. She, she compromised. She wanted everybody to feel loved. And she was that way at her church. She was the one, you know, in the kitchen. She was the one, you know, helping with the kids. She ran the VBS. She was just wanting to make sure everybody had a part. And now you come to me. Okay, so... I want to be like my mom and like my grandma. So sometimes I struggle. But when I start struggling, I just look to the word and what God has for me. And I meditate on that and I find my path. So I'm the best to me is the best of both worlds. Being able to give but also compromising. And that's where I have my love for the nonprofit, for ambassadors shopping and doing for you guys and serving and doing whatever I can to try to help you guys to see the truth to see the word, to see the love of Christ. And that's what I want for my daughters, trying to, you know, show them the true meaning of Christmas. It's not about me. It's not about the gifts. It's about giving to others. You know, it's about giving our life like Christ gave his life to us. You know, he gave his life to us not the day that he died on the cross, but he committed to giving his life to us the day that he was born, the day that he came to earth, the first time, you know, and we're waiting, like Pastor Tim said, let's concentrate and let's look, anticipate the second coming because it's coming. He's coming again. And so the main question I have for you today, are you ready for his coming? Think back to all the Christmases, and we always did each Christmas with reading the story in the Bible and having prayer. My grandma started that tradition, and we do that every single year because that is the true meaning. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Well, you know what? I have got a question for you, especially for the kids. What is the best part about Christmas? Is it presents? You know, now if they were trained right, they would first say Jesus and then presents. <laughs> right? They're so excited and everything. But I want, I want you to know that God gave the greatest present of all. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. If you believed in him, you know, you would not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus also gave too. He gave of himself, you know. He gave us the greatest present of all because he was willing, because he loved us, to actually die on the cross, you know, a terrible place, a terrible, you know, a way to die. But he did it so that we could have life, right? 
So, you know, going back to the, the manger scene, and Jesus is there, and here comes the kings, you know, and they're presenting the gifts to him and everything. Um, and I just want to let you know that once you invite Jesus, once you receive this present from God, once you receive this present from Jesus, he is there to stay. Now, I want you guys to picture this. Jesus, if you've invited Jesus to come in, he is there, you know. And the, uh, the wise men, when they saw the store, they greatly rejoiced, and they came, and they worshiped, you know, and they brought their gifts to him. But guess what? You can do this every day. <clears throat> every morning, I wake up, and I say, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father, and good morning, Holy Spirit. Because they're all right here. They've never left. And I come and I worship him. A lot of times I wake up and I've already got a song going on. You know, it's like some, I hear somebody singing a song. I'm singing just from my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this gift of Jesus Christ, when you received him, it is the greatest gift of all. He is the gift that keeps giving, you know, and never gets old. You know, when you receive Jesus, it's like, here's this huge box, you know, and present and everything, and, and you open it up, and, you know, you open up Jesus. In Jesus, there is salvation, right? There's redemption from hell, hallelujah. There's healing. There's provision. There's protection. There's a friend. He's a friend that sticks closer to the brother than a brother. You know what? Everyone in the world may leave you, even your family. Even your husband, your wife, whether it's their choice or not. (laughs) But you know what? He will never, ever, ever, ever leave you. When you've accepted this gift and he comes and lives in your heart, he'll never leave you. He is truly the gift that keeps giving. You know, inside of Jesus, there's joy. There's peace. There's a love that is just never, ever ending. We get to enjoy this every day. I see myself coming and running, and in my heart, I see there's like a house there, right? And that's where Jesus dwells. And so I wake up, and I come running, and I bow to him and just rejoice in him, knowing that we've got another day that we can go through together. You can have that too. So Jesus didn't just die to save you from your sins so you wouldn't go to hell. He died to have a relationship with you. That you could walk and you could talk with him. That you could know him. And the more you get to know him, you, you, you get to experience his love and his heart of giving. God says, look, if I gave you Jesus, my son, won't I give you every good gift? He's giving it all in Jesus. It's all right there in Jesus. You just got to know. He is that gift that keeps giving. That we get to enjoy, not just in this life, but in the next also. So I encourage you, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and made him Lord of your life and he's in, he's in your heart, then you, just, you need to do that today. And you get to experience everything that he has given us. This wonderful, glorious, wondrous person and gift to Jesus Christ. So experience the living Christ I borrowed that from Norman. The living Christ. <laughs> he is ready to live in you and live in big, big with you and reveal himself to you in all that he is and everything that he is, is in him that you get to receive when you receive him. So I encourage you to receive him today. Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Look at your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to read the story. And then I'm going to share with you some ancient things. And I'm going to share with you some current things. So I'm going to start in the book of Luke, chapter 2, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. During those days, the Roman Empire, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiancée, Mary, left Nazareth, a village of Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judah, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, since there was no available space in any upper room in the village, they had an angelic encounter that night in a field near Bethlehem where the shepherds were watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were very terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be afraid. <laughs> For I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it was for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer, look at your neighbor and say a rescuer, was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him, this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. Look at your name and say, the very armies of heaven. They showed up there that day. <laughs> and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that was born in Bethlehem and see ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. I thought that in the trans Passion Translation where he says, and the word was born to us. That's pretty powerful. I'm just going to go through just a couple verses here with you. In verse 1 and 2, how ironic that the Roman Empire has viewed themselves as gods while the little baby born in a feeding trough was the true God incarnate. Verses 4 through 5, Nazareth is taken from a Hebrew word for branch, the very branch that we learned about in Isaiah 11, verse 1. Bethlehem means house of bread. This was prophesied the birthplace of our Messiah. The Hebrew word lechem is a homonym for fighter or warrior. Jesus was born in the house of fighters, in the city of David, one of the greatest fires, fighters in the entire Bible. Jesus fulfilled both aspects of the meaning of Bethlehem, both the bread of life and the fighter, at the Garden of Gethsemane on the cross, where he fought the Goliath of our souls, and he won. 
and he became the bread of the whole world. In verse 8, in the fields of the shepherds, they were watching their flocks. They had a powerful angelic encounter. Some scholars say that these fields could have been the very field of Boaz, or the fields where David watched over the flocks of his father Jesse. In verse 11, in the city of David, the Greek states, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh. Literally translated from the Aramaic text, it's one of the most amazing statements found in the Gospels declaring the deity of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, a baby was wrapped in stripes of clothes, strips of clothes. He became a sign of a man savior here on life on this earth. He entered this world as a baby, though he was a mighty God. Look at your neighbor and say he was a mighty God. In Hebrew, that means mighty, 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 mighty God. Six times, mighty. <laughs> he lived a life of gentleness before us all. So while we have the strife in the world and the problems that we go through, we have to remember that Jesus was gentle. He was good and he was caring and he loved others before he loved himself. Verse 13 through 15, a whole vast number of angels appeared and sang glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope to all men. When angels went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. Here we find in the Aramaic, the meaning was manifestation. The word came and manifested among us. Brings me to John chapter 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the Passion Translation, it states that in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. In ancient of time, he was already there in the presence of God. And there, the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face. It was at the cradle of Jesus Christ that the kingdom from ancient times arrived here on this earth. The gospel of Luke is the gospel of peace. Jesus came and brought hope and peace into this world. And on the day of resurrection, Jesus said, peace be unto you. This baby Jesus came as our savior and the savior of the world. And Pastor Tim, he is our soon coming king. Bless you. Merry Christmas. Weren't these wonderful words for everybody to just grab a hold of? I want us to give all of our staff a wonderful hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Couldn't do it without you. And now we're facing a challenge of a new year without my precious Dave. I'm going to try not to cry about that. But, hey, you know, crying is good. It's been part of me because I, I love him so much and I miss him so much. I'm going to talk about family. Family is an outrageous love gift to you. Listen to what the Lord says. The cry of my heart rings from one end of the earth to the other. It echoes throughout eternity. Within the miracle of my birth, I have released a simple yet profound message. I want you to be part of my family. No matter what you've done, I love you and I've called you to find your home in my presence. I was sent to the earth to open the way for you to come close to experience the impact of radical love upon your life. You have my permission to come like a child, completely unhindered, 
in our relationship. Come to me without inhibitions. I will make your heart expand to take more of my love in. And then even more, I want you to feel comfortable in my presence, to giggle, to dance, to kick back, to feel at ease, to know I'm even better than any earthly family. Your place in my family will give you purpose. No matter what, I won't reject you. Embrace my outrageous love gift. Take my name for yourself. I want to read John 1.12. Those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority, become the children of God. Come on, let's take hold. We take hold of the name of Jesus. I know you've got it already, but isn't it good just to do it again? Lord, I take hold of your, your hand, your son Jesus. You paid it all for us, and I thank you, Lord. I've got five things to say. Number one, I want us to focus in the new year. We're going to focus more on him. You have to focus in life. You have to focus on your job. Focus with your children. But it's all about the perspective of focusing first. We have our first focus on Jesus. Number two, never doubt, even if we're doubting, in the good and the bad. And I'm speaking to myself now. Never doubt that God is with us. Number three, bless everyone. And there's my Marilyn, Marilyn Hickey moment, you know, yuck, 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 three times. We have to bless, even blessing those that might have said horrible things about you. They might have cursed you. What does the word say? Curse not. Don't curse anybody. You bless those that have been around you. We are family. We're family here. We want to bless each other, but we want everything that's been part of your family, even in the good or the bad. I'm going to talk about the bad just for a moment. A lot of crazy things have happened to people, and you say, I can't take hold of that. A lot of times you're around family, and uh, they're, they're toxic. Everything is not good, you know. My mom was wonderful. My dad was toxic, but we were there. We could not get away because we had no place to go. But, you know, we loved him and we blessed him. Sure, I went through my bitterness just like uh, the other two kids did as well. You know, the whys. Why Why does it have to be so difficult? Why can't you just love us? Why can't, why can't you just accept us? My father never accepted my brother like he should have. The only man, the only Johnson in the house, uh, you know, and it was... It was crazy, but my brother chose to forgive. And I want you to make that gift to people. Choose to forgive them because we're family. Say we're family. And you know that family extends out of these walls. Number four, be delighted as God surprises you this next year. Just be delighted in his word. Of course, we all turn to the word of the Lord, but we turn to words from each other. We need encouragement. We need to say, hey, I'm in your life. You know, Anna, I'm going to lift you up, and you'll be coming to me. You're going to lift me up. Uh, have a little word in season for the different ones. You never know what they're going through. They don't have to share with you. But we're going to take hold of the name of Jesus as never before. I want to say that we're going to bless, and we're going to have God surprises off the chart in this coming year. Oh, we've, we've had it. We've had it in this year. Yes. 
I faced, um, you know, um, with Dave, you know, passing on to glory, but we're going to go on. The church is going on. He would have done the same thing that I'm doing, I guarantee you, you know, because this is our life. We chose to give our lives. Now, our firstborn, you know, still got his, as we say on the radio, his issues. You know, you say issues, but on the radio they say the issues of life. But he's come, he's going to come back. You know, I've, I've got to say it. I've got to do it. I've got to bless, and I do. But even with that, you know, he was, um, you know, saying over the last year, oh, you know, you had all this and all these years, and, you turn into other people and all that. Of course, listen, he got he got plenty of attention, plenty of love, plenty of blessings from us, and he's going to see that in the coming. I just say this coming year, okay? And all of you people that have a child like that, just wave your hand. You're like, I got it, <laughs> I got it. So what do we have to do? We've got to love and we've got to bless. We've got to encourage. The Lord says, keep your eyes on me and step out in faith. I've got you. Your story will ignite passionate faith in the hearts of others. Come close, and I will immerse you in the realm of my glory until all that is seen in you is my splendor. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we take hold of your name today, and we're not going to let go. You've never let go. We can walk away from you, but you never walk away from us. And I thank you as we bless those. I want you to just kind of move your hand around the room and bless others with all of the issues of life that they may have in family. You know, it may be toxic. You may have to love them at a distance, but you're going to love them. You're going to pray for them because eternity is forever. You don't want anybody going to hell. You don't want anybody saying, no, God's not going to accept. He will because you have the assignment in life to accept these people. Amen? Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Anyone want to give your hearts to the Lord Jesus today? I ask you to come up right now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. We are family. We want to see you in heaven with us. Hallelujah. And uh, if we have any uh, altar team, you can come up for prayer. We have a gift for you on the back. Ushers, give each one a gift. I want to thank you so much for coming today. You have blessed us. You've totally blessed us. You have blessed me. Thank you so much. You have blessed me with your presence. And I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus that we will rule and reign on this earth and one day very soon be with him. Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed.